This is Mike the only the place. Movies. It's time for Mike at the movies. Is that Mike a new is jingle? an English guy. Oh, he here we go. watches some movies. Is this Flophouse like? No, it's not as good as that. <laughs> and that is bad. So, and now here's oh, Mike yeah, no, it is like that. at the movies. I haven't even said. Starring Mike Hurley. Okay, I'm done. What I think of this movie anywhere publicly. Oh. Because I'm going to start by talking about spoilers. Now, you had a great discussion about spoilers on the episode of Incomparable that came out this weekend, which was fantastic. And it's basically the episode of the Incomparable that you were destined to make, right? Yep. Like a new Star Wars. I don't think we ever yep. expected that. Nope. Um, and it's it was amazing. It Perfect. And the end of the episode is about spoilers, and it's just you and John, because I think everybody else has gone to bed at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't ready yet, no, so we talked ready. for another half hour. Yeah. And John spoke about spoilers, and there is a key thing about spoilers that I think, I think that John believes this, and, and CGP Grey planted this nugget of information in my brain, and it's ruined me ever since. Knowing if somebody thinks a movie is good is in my opinion a spoiler because it sets yep. expectations it's not a plot spoiler but it definitely changes your anticipation for the thing that you're about to consume especially this movie because if there are people like you or John and I had known that you thought the movie was good before I saw it my expectations may have been set too high right hmm. because I may have thought well, it's going to be it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the best movie ever made. You know, like that. That's that's how I take these sorts of things. I like to know absolutely nothing. It, yeah, but I also, at the same time, didn't specifically do anything in the run up to protect myself. I watched the trailers, but that was it. I didn't go and search anything. Um, I was pretty uh, pretty sure I wasn't going to see anything I didn't want to because I wasn't looking for it. Right. Um, and then also what I did to to prevent, because I do see that, you know, it's, my main concern was knowing what people think about this movie when it came out. That was what I thought was the biggest risk of spoiling for me, because mm. I didn't want to know what people thought about it. I wanted to go in clean. So I implemented a bunch of mute filters the day before the movie came out. Um, so I wouldn't see uh, anybody's opinions. And then I also made sure I saw it as early as I could, which was like 11 a.m. on Thursday because it came out a day early here. I could have seen a midnight show on Wednesday, but I didn't want to do that. Um, so I saw it like the first showing at my local cinema on Thursday morning. So I was able to to see the movie unspoiled. Um, this was something that I was gloating about to you and to many people that I was yep. going to see this movie first. Oh yeah, That actually turned out to be a terrible thing. <laughs> because I, had, then. I, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. However, luckily, there was a couple of people, uh, the main person being friend of the show, Mr. James Thompson, who'd seen a midnight show. And so I uh. realized a couple of hours afterwards, James has seen it. So I was talking to him. But I couldn't talk to anyone for like any of you guys for like 24 hours. <laughs> like No one had seen the movie. Um, and then basically it was like I was getting ready to go to sleep at like 1.30 a.m. or something that night. And that was when everyone was going to see it, which I thought was kind of hilarious. So it's like everyone's going to be talking about it when I'm asleep. Um, yeah. So do you – I mean I can sum up my feelings about this movie in one word. Um, and it was the – I think no, it may be even it. better than that. And, and this was okay. the, the way that I felt about this, the moment that I left the cinema, 
and and I have I actually think that my feelings about this movie in this regard are stronger than anybody else. I think The Force Awakens was perfect. Oh, wow. That's the one word that I keep coming back to. Like no movie is without like interesting plot foibles and stuff like that. And and this this movie has them, but that's not what I'm really referring to. Like this movie to me was the exact movie I wanted it to be in every single way. And that's what makes it perfect. I loved this movie so much. It's easily my favorite Star Wars movie. Wow. Because, all right, Jason, I'm going to, this, this is probably going to upset a lot of people. I really, really love Star Wars, like many nerds. But no, that's are, outrageous. There are lots of moments in the original trilogy that are slow to me. Mm. Especially the first, especially New Hope. Uh, I actually enjoy A New Hope the least of the three Star Wars movies. Huh. Um, my favorite is uh, my favorite is Empire, uh, then Jedi. When I was growing up, it was always uh, Jedi was always my favorite because I love the opening the scene. Yeah. No, not the Ewoks, actually. Kids it was, love the Ewoks. No, totally it, was, Ewoks. it was Badass Luke. That was my favorite right. thing. Okay. Um, I loved that scene. Uh, I always did as a kid. Yep, but, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, nope. also, also my favorite, obviously. Yep, but yep. there are, I don't know. The, 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 it's basically just, I think it's just a, a, a thing of the times. And maybe... Oh, yeah. It actually reminds me of how people talk about the original Star Trek now. And it's been long enough now from the from 1977 that people can say the same thing about the original Star Wars movies it's, it's, it, it is from they're from another era and people who who didn't live through that era don't have the nostalgia aspect of it and are not used to the um, the way entertainment was made mm-hmm. back then as much and I think I just like well. a little bit more action you know mm-hmm. that, that's just that's just me that's just my tastes and this movie delivers on that like it is a fantastic action movie there are so many action set pieces in it. It's kind of stunning. Mm-hmm. And we could argue maybe maybe one too many, but um, it, it it's there are lots of them. I, having watched it a second time, I was struck by how the uh, how it just keeps rolling. And that there's mm-hmm. just like this happens and then this happens and then this happens. I I somebody uh, I saw a troll on Twitter basically say, "Oh, it's so boring and the pace is really bad." And I'm like, "You didn't. You came into that movie wanting to hate it because there's yeah. no. I just you know, watched a different movie, buddy. Like I you, you could argue that the pace is unrelenting and that there's too much, but you can't argue that there isn't enough pace because it's all pace. It's it it rolls from scene to scene. There are barely there there is there in the middle. In fact, there's a moment that the first time I saw it, I thought it sagged a little bit. Uh, and it, watching it a second time, I decided that it doesn't sag in the middle, but it is a moment where there isn't wall-to-wall action for a few pace. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a movie at that point. Uh, and how I think dare that, that that pace is part of what makes me think this movie was so amazing. And the reason, the reason that I say that this movie is perfect is because of how I felt watching it. I have never seen a movie that I have been so emotionally involved in. I, from the very first moment, from the 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 sound hitting right, the like the the orchestra blaring up, I was in. I was just so in. Uh, I cried so much during this movie. Um, I obviously laughed a lot, but like everybody did. But I don't know if everybody else would cry. Oh boy, did I cry a lot! Like 
I had like those kind of every time every time an original trilogy person popped up, I had the I kind of had the lump in my throat, like the the happy feeling, you know? But when when Han dies, I was like I was sobbing. Like I was gone, mm. man. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. Because I I know that many people saw this, like I wasn't completely sold on the idea that he was gonna be killed in this movie. Like I see it now. It's like, of course he was. This means he never has to do another Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um. But I didn't really think of it that way going into this. Um. And in that, when that scene began, whilst it looked like he was gonna get killed, I think the, the idea of just how much it looked like he was gonna go off that bridge made me think that he might not. Mm. Right. It was like this looks so obvious that he's gonna go off this bridge because there's no rail on it. Um. That he's that he'll be okay, and the scene, like they, I think that they set up quite nicely the idea of of, of Kylo Ren turning away from from the dark side. Like when earlier in the movie, when yeah. he seems to be quite conflicted, and this is when he's on his own, right? So it's it is a real emotion he's feeling. He feels the conflict. So I I don't know, like when he was just when he was then saying it on the bridge, and he threw the mask down. I was like, or the helmet. I was like, yeah, yeah this could happen. Like. The movie is so this this new band of heroes is so young. Maybe he could join them, and you know. But yeah, so when he, yeah, when when that lightsaber went through him, man, that got me, and yeah. I I kind of didn't stop crying for a while, like for quite oh. some time. I think I was still crying uh, when uh, Leia and Ray see each other, and then they start hugging, and that made me go again. I was. I was all in on this movie, um, and I think that's why it felt so perfect to me. Like I left the cinema, and I was just like, I was just gobsmacked. I just couldn't believe what I'd seen. Uh, it was just superb because I loved every part of it. Like I loved all of the characters; they're all so fantastic. And there was just so many things about this movie that speak to who I am now, and like the way that I look at the world, like Ray and Finn as, like, the main characters of this movie, like, that is so much about, like, what I think the world should be now. Like, strong women and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And the all of this just led to this, just what I think is just this incredible piece of work that, that Abrams has, has created. I just love this movie. I really love this movie. It's a... Uh... I think I, I mean I agree with you. It's a good movie. Um, I wouldn't say perfect. I think there I, I have some issues with it, but you know, uh, nothing is so perfect that it can't be criticized. As somebody we know might say, I have some issues, but they it, it is overwhelmed by it is overwhelmed by a feeling of, of of joy in watching it, and also a feeling if I take one step back, what I say is um, that some of the criticism that I've seen of it is that it's sort of a stealth remake of the original Star Wars, and there's certainly some truth to that, but as I said on The Incomparable, I feel like this movie needed to do two jobs. It needed to hold the hands of the fans and say it's going to be okay, Star Wars is back, and it needed to set a direction for the future, and those are the two things that it accomplished, and people Mm -hmm. who say, well, there's too much fan service, it's like, no, no, there's just enough fan service. If I was making this movie, I would have done that too like i would have done that because the idea is exactly that to show that guys it's okay like look 
This is Star Wars. See, we can still make those ones. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be like the other ones. We can still make this Star Wars movie. You you could argue that that there has not been a good slash real Star Wars movie since 1983, right? If you think of it in those terms, if you think about the special editions and you think about the prequels, this is that moment of saying, look, remember the things you love. The, here are the people you loved. Uh, here, here is the attitude and the approach to this that you loved. And there's new people who you're, you're going to love. Um, and we're going to put it all together in a big ball. And it's going to be exciting about the past and also exciting about the future. And a movie that's just one or the other, I think, would have been less successful. It would have been really risky to do a movie that just turned its back entirely on the past. Um, and 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 the huge asset from a business standpoint of Star Wars is that it's got this mass of people who love it because of the past. Uh, but a movie that was entirely about the past would also, I think, be a failure. But I don't come out of that. I don't come out of the Force Awakens thinking, uh, "Isn't Star Wars good? I like those old movies." I came out of the Force Awakens thinking and talking with my family, including my kids, who who really loved it. My kids loved it. I think that also says something. We came out of the movie talking about after we got far enough away from the people who were waiting in the line for the next showing because we didn't want to spoil them and yeah. there were people i actually saw a guy stick his because we were coming out the doors on the side of the theater Oof. and the, and into the line of the next showing um and there was actually a guy with his fingers in his ears and i was like oh dude good job but i feel bad for you but good job um but once we got about you know uh, 50 feet 100 feet away uh we were all talking about what happens next right not mm-hmm. not not oh hey look at han and leia and luke isn't that great but like what happens next w- who is ray what is her story how did she get where she was now, what does she do now that she meets luke w- what's going to happen with with uh with ben with kylo ren what what's where's what's he going on to next uh you know uh, poe and bb8 are back with leia what, what what happens there and it was that was what it was all about and that i think is the the success story of this movie from from the standpoint of like calculations creatively of what you need to to do to get how do you uh get the engine back on of a of a franchise like this and and they did it they did it in a movie that is and you know it's as entertaining the second time as the first i watched it twice in about a 14 hour period um and uh it was not a problem to watch it a second time yeah i have my next two showings booked <laughs> so I'm going I, on Christmas Eve and taking my brother and then uh, me and Adina are going to see it on uh, New Year's Day. She did see the movie today, actually. She took her mom. She's she's back home uh, in Romania right now. Hmm. And Adina is a relatively new Star Wars viewer. Um, she actually saw the, the original trilogy this year for the first time. And she told me she thought the film was perfect as well. So my thinking about this is... The people that are like super into Star Wars, like really into Star Wars, maybe see a lot more of the faults than other people. Like, I love the movies, but I'm not like really deep in it, you know? Well, I'm, I am I said this on the uh, Incomparable, I think. It's like, I'm not a, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I am, I am a Star Wars fan in the sense of I was um, six years old when Star Wars came out. And I was 12 years old when uh, Return of the Jedi came out. And every single kid who was alive during that period was completely surrounded by and a part of Star Wars because it was every it was one of the defining things. But, you know, I I read a Star Wars book when I was in elementary school and I read a Star Wars book when they came out with those 
supposedly authorized and now decanonized books about what happened afterward. Uh, I read one of those and then, but that's it. I, I was always a Star Trek fan. Uh, later I was a Doctor Who fan, but Star Wars has just sort of been like, I like it. It's great. Um, I'm, I'll go see all the movies, but it was never part of my like fan identity or anything. Um, so it's kind of I'm a Star Wars fan like people like everybody in the world is a Star Wars fan which if you look at how many people saw this movie I'm that kind of Star Wars fan like everyone <laughs> and uh and you know yeah my criticisms about it are 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 maybe informed by that a little bit that that it's like the the Star Killer base thing it's like do we really want to go back to the Death Star thing again Death Star analog again I thought that was maybe not necessary and I think some of the the space science stuff is so ridiculous that they would have been better off having it be even less sciency and 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 more unexplained like we suck the 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 energy out of the sun until it goes dark and then we fire our beam across the galaxy and everybody can see it and everybody can see the planets exploding and as I said on the incomparable that's not how space works it doesn't work like that I would have actually rather it been more uh, vague, but you know these are minor points, and it didn't it didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. Like there, there's similar points I have about the J.J. Abrams uh, first uh, Star Trek movie, but it didn't stop me from liking it no. a lot. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the characters. Um, Ray is perfect uh, as a as a hero, a hero, right? A heroine. She's just brilliant, right? She smashes yep. down gender stereotypes. She doesn't take any crap from anyone. Like, I love the whole like wouldn't let Finn hold her hand. Like, what are you doing? Like, why do you keep taking my hand? Well, like, it, even better is when there's that explosion. He's knocked flat and sort of semi unconscious. And when he wakes up, he looks at her and says, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah," because <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. he's, he's playing his role, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing his gender role of I've got to hold her hand and make sure she's okay and protect her. And she's fine. He's the one who's getting the crap. He's beating beaten out of him. He is having a very bad day, right? Yeah, that's I I you know take my hat off the writing because. When you think about something like this on the face of it, the way that you would, I think the way that most people would show her strength is to not even address any of those things, right? You're just like, we don't even think about this. This is the world, right? Everyone's strong, male or female. But it actually makes a bigger impact when you do have those moments where the guy tries to play the stereotypical role and is shot down. I think that is what makes her look so so strong because of the comparison. Like if they would have just had her do all of those things and they didn't have those interactions, I don't think it would have hit home as hard. Um, well, so the first order is obviously uh, has a sexist culture because he was gr- raised in a stormtrooper education facility or whatever, and mm-hmm. he believes that these are the proper the proper gender roles. But but well, Ray, even though his boss is female, yeah, even even so. Even so, that's that. This is true. It's interesting. Even Ray, Ray is also interesting as an inversion of Luke because she is also um, kind of a loner. I mean, he's got his aunt and uncle, but he always sort of feels it removed from them a little bit. And he's he's um, although she's like alone, alone. He's got friends, and they shoot womp rats and Bigger's Canyon and all of that. Right, um, she's alone. Do we ever see him? <laughs> no, but she's she's alone in the desert. And and it's interesting because Luke has a lot to learn. He has raw skills, but has a lot to learn. Um, and he wants to get out of there. And Ray, Ray is waiting. 
So she's staying there and she does the opposite. She's got a lot of skills. She's improving herself by surviving and navigating her world while she waits. And that I, I find that kind of interesting, along with just the nerdy kind of art direction stuff about how uh, Jakku, although it is not Tatooine, has so many of those very things that just feel like Star Wars because it's these funny like... I don't even know what to call them, little antenna pillar kind of things out in the desert and garbage and sun setting and things and little speedery things where it just, it feels like Star Wars. Um, and that that's the world she lives in, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, she's a, it's a, that's a great, uh, she's a great hero character. Um, and I like the fact that she's also still learning. Um, you know, she, she doesn't, flip on the millennium falcon and take it out right <laughs> she kind of smashes it into a few things on the way out and there's a really nice moment that i think says a lot about these new characters about finn and ray that um when they're in the millennium falcon for the first time they both have that quiet moment separately when he's in the gunning pod and she's in the pilot seat of like okay i can do this <laughs> right? yeah. that is a wonderful m- moment about these new characters trying to talk themselves into this uh being you know being the hero of their story here because neither of them had ever done the thing that they're doing before, right? Well, I mean, if you discount like the TIE fighter scenario that, that Finn was like, but when Finn sat down in the TIE fighter, he'd never operated something like no. that before. No, um, he was in sanitation and just got promoted to be a, to be a, 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 an infantry, which is basically, you know, I think, I think that's the Empire or the First Order's cannon fodder. So he was not a high-ranking anything. He had been, this was his first combat that he had seen. Before that, he was working in the trash compactors. So this asks one of the first questions that I have. I mean, Rey is obviously as great at everything that she is because of the fact that the force flows through her, right? She is incredibly strong and, and is powerful and, and her right. pow- her control of the force is clearly unlike anything that we've seen in the movies before because she is able to use the force without any training from anyone. Luke right. couldn't do that. Um so there is there is a great power there that we're going to see later on. I imagine when when they say there has been an awakening when that when that line comes out and and this movie is called The Force Awakens, it seems to me that perhaps this is all about Rey that yes. she has her force power has awakened and it is the start of a new era where previously it was only sort of uh, the people that Luke had trained and something bad happened there and, and Han and Leia's son went off on, and to, and explored the dark side. But but Rey's force awakening is this the beginning of this story. But my question around Finn is, does he have any of the force in him? Because he does some interesting things in this movie like the idea that he can just he just feels it in him to be an incredible fighter fighter and a pilot right like not like he doesn't fly but he is great at operating a gun yeah and he'd never done it before he can wield a lightsaber and he'd never done it before and he does a relatively good job of it and i just wonder like will they both to certain extents have some of the force in them i don't know but i think that that's an interesting thing to explore yeah, um, in I kinda, between I, now and the next one. I kind of hope not, only because not everybody can be a Jedi. Um, although, and I kind of like the idea of him being, his special power is that he is, uh, he's a decent person. He's the, he's the stormtrooper who refused to be a stormtrooper. 
And how special is that? Now, maybe there's a reason behind it. And maybe it's his connection with the Force or or fate or whatever that led him down this path. But um, But it doesn't need to be. Because you could say he is the one in a million or one in a hundred thousand stormtrooper who absolutely refuses his training and his conditioning. There's the implication that they're almost brainwashed, too. Um, and he was raised in this First Order dynamic. So we're talking about this pretty serious uh, just uh, propaganda and, and brainwashing happening here. And he refuses. He refuses to shoot in the village and he runs away at his first opportunity and takes the pilot with him, you know, and and gets out of and gets out of uh, the first order and wants to run. Then he wants to run as far away as possible, which is the tension that he has with the other characters: is that he isn't interested in this adventure that they're on, uh, you know. And Ray is on it kind of reluctantly because she wants to get back to to her home um, because she's waiting for something unspecified. And uh, but Finn just wants to run. Uh, still, he's remarkable because he is the he is the stormtrooper who refused, and that that I think is uh, I think that's really interesting about his character, regardless if he's got the force in him or not. One of the reasons that made me think that he may uh, is because there is a big franchise to be built here, and there are limited Jedi. <laughs> they, they need yeah. more Jedi, so let's have another Jedi. It's po- it's possible. I love that he wields the lightsaber because I think in the original trilogy, especially, there was this idea that like it's only the special people who get to wield the lightsabers. And and with uh with him, he's like, man, I the, the button's right here, right? I can yeah. do this. So the even if turn he's, it on, it's a button. and he's not in, and he's not incompetent with it. He's untrained, but he's you know or or lightly trained. Uh, uh, Serenity had a good point on the incomparable episode about how we see uh, Ray with her stick that she fights with. Yeah. Um, that that her she's got this kind of martial art stick fighting thing that she does, and her her use of the lightsaber is informed by that style of fighting. Yeah, I totally. And that's a really nice touch that yeah. she didn't fight like anybody else has with the lightsaber. Like, right. she was operating it in a different way, kind of like up, holding it up down, as opposed to down facing up, and she was like prodding it like a poking right and it was a very different yeah. way of fighting um, right which but was, it comes yeah. from her having that stick that exactly. whole time which too, is genius which is really nice. it's genius that they they set and, it up by giving and, her that weapon and i think the impression you get with finn is that he's trained on what that other stormtrooper is trained with which is that sort of like stun gun stick thing that he that he fights that stormtrooper with yep um, and then takes from him, and that that's his method of fighting with the lightsaber, which is kind of more brutal and stormtrooper-like. Uh, nice touches that are not necessarily obvious on first viewing for everybody, but are definitely there and and interesting. I mean, one of the things um, that I like about this movie is that these characters are there aren't they aren't direct analogs. These characters are all remixed into they they are fil- fulfilling. They seem to be fulfilling roles in the Star Wars universe that are familiar roles from the original movies, but they're not in the slots. They're all kind of mixed up. So, so Ray is is sort of like Luke, but like we've said, sort of not like Luke in that you know. And she's uh, Finn, especially you know. He is what is he? Is he like Luke? Is he like Han? Not really. Poe Dameron is kind of Han like, but but not not a scoundrel. Like Poe and Finn kind of share Han as like their sensibilities a little bit. Um, yeah, he's got the uh, Poe's got the 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 roguish part, but he's also kind of uh, 
uh, gung ho like uh, like uh, Luke. He's like, "Yay, we're gonna fly!" And I'm, I'm a great pilot. Uh, Finn is. Um, it wants to run away and just get out of here, which is very much like Han. But like, but like Han Solo in this movie is kind of Obi Wan. <laughs> I mean, by the end, he is Obi Wan essentially. But Luke is also kind of Obi Wan in this movie. Um, it, it's just like they are all not exactly analogs of the characters, and that's good because they're their own people. As John said on that incomparable episode, you know. Ray is a person called Ray. Finn is a person called Finn. They are not Luke analogs and Han analogs and Leia analogs. That's not who they are. They're they're kind of mixed up uh, in their roles, and that's great because that's how that's how it should work. Is they have they the, their paths will be different because their histories are different and their their attributes are different. Um, but it's exciting to, to to that these characters do seem well defined. That they're, they're not. Um, their actions make sense. And, and uh, yeah, again, without throwing the prequels under the bus, I felt much better about these characters. And in the prequels, I felt like even the characters that had potential to be great uh, were squandered. Like um, I, uh, Padme is the best example of that, where that's a great actress and a character who had a lot going for her. And by the end of the series, she's just completely wasted. And, uh, uh, and yeah. So the, here, these these characters all seemed fully formed to me, and yeah, they're they're iconic and and larger than life and all of those things because that's what Star Wars is. But uh, but they felt like real people. But I am conflicted between the light and the dark, Jason. Oh, are you now? Because I think my favorite of all the characters is Kylo Ren, mm, and this was something that it took a few days for this to settle in with me because I just couldn't stop thinking about this character. There are so many little things about him that make him so interesting to me. Like the idea that he doesn't need the mask and he uses it as an intimidation thing. And he's he got it, as John, John said on that incomparable episode, he just got it off of VaderFan.com. Yeah. <laughs> he's like I, like, I need a mask too, like Darth Vader. And he doesn't need it, but he does it to... to be, uh, and there's that shot of like the Knights of Ren that's in that vision shot where it's like, it, that. this seems to be like they're almost like cult kind of force cult thing where they've got masks and dark robes and things. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't need it. He just does, He just wears it because it's cool and because his grandfather was Darth Vader, who he thinks also fascinating. He he says, I want to finish what you started. I'm not sure he knows that Darth Vader no. repented at the end. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, me and Stephen were talking about this. Like, nobody knows oh, that part of the story. Right. Just Did Luke. we ever see Luke tell anybody anything? No. Luke, Luke saw it, and then Luke saw the Force ghosts at the end of Return of the Jedi, yep. and that's it. So it may be that did, did Luke not share that with his pupils? Did Luke you know, not want to talk about Darth Vader? Let's just not talk about Darth Vader. And you know, with kids, if you don't talk about the subject, they're going to learn it on the street. They're, gonna, they're all talking about Darth Vader out on the street. Uh, but he's become a Vader fetishist, basically, which yep. is, I think it's a fascinating take of like, he, the seduction to the dark side has a family aspect. Your grandfather was Darth Vader, and you've got this guy, whoever Snoke really is, because I'm skeptical about that 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 character is not, there, there isn't a, a much more of a story there, but you've got somebody whispering in your ear, and you've got this curiosity about your grandfather, and, and your uncle doesn't, who's training you, doesn't want to talk about it. And you, you know, he's become obsessed with it but also um he's a brat he's a whiny kid who um who wants things the way he wants them and is uh and i love that about him too i love that darth vader his his uh his icon right was so you know <laughs> controlled 
in his rage, mm-hmm. right? Like in the first Star Wars movie where he's choking people, right? But it's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. I'm going to choke you now with my hand, right? From across the room. Uh, and there's a beautiful callback to that in this movie where there's the guy who brings him the bad news and you, you totally are expecting him to just get murdered by Kylo Ren. And instead he turns around and smashes up the, uh, it just smashes, smashes up all the equipment <laughs> and then pulls him across the room with the force and lets him go. It's like, what? Well, this is a different guy. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he is a different guy. He's no Darth Vader. He's a kid and he's a, he's a big baby and he has rage problems and he's not under control. And that's scary on one level, but it's also kind of intriguing on another level that he is, he does not have it together. And we see it. We see him say it. We see him say it to his father. Um, before he kills his father it's yeah it's a it's a really interesting character and i I, sometimes i think that 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 that's going to be a fascinating story in this trilogy of movies i argued in on the incomparable that i feel like there is some possible redemption for him and everybody else is like nope nope he killed han solo there's no redemption for him like i think i don't know i think that's the that's what makes the story interesting is you've got the rise of you've got the rise of ray and you've got the rise of kylo ren as dark and light avatars and that's interesting but also they're connected and he and he has the temptation of the light side of the force and that is really interesting to me that he, yeah. he you know can he be redeemed he is han and leia's son at what point is he irredeemable and you know maybe it ends all with him sacrificing himself nobly which is sort of what darth vader did right uh, at the last minute it's that deathbed confession kind of thing but you know darth vader took out the emperor that was his thing where he finally turned uh Back, away from the dark side again fascinating seasoning there so yeah i agree with you this is a really uh, cool character and i like Ad- adam driver i heard somebody complain that he's like a whiny jedi and it's like eh, a whiny is not what i would say he he doesn't strike me as being like anakin in the prequels he is he is a, he is a, a a big baby this is true <laughs> but uh he looks weird and I understood why he was behaving the way he 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 was, even though I didn't, you know, approve of it. And what I also really like is that he now probably needs his mask, right? Because Ray leaves him with a well, he does lightsaber still, wound to the face. He still doesn't need it, but yes, he is scarred now. Yeah. Oh, that may that may leave some damage that we haven't seen yet. Right. We don't know. I mean, we she, he, he's left there, kind of scrabbling away, and uh, the the guy, the 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 general, is told to go get him and bring yeah. him back to. Snoke I like and that he's going more Vader, right? Like he's going more yeah. Vader, right? Because he's, he's on the he's on the path. He's embraced that now by killing his his father. Yeah, and so that's why I think that maybe like because again, I think about somebody. I wanted her as, to chop off his hand, and I I felt yeah. like even J.J. Abrams thought that was too on the nose. I was waiting for it. I was like, <laughs> who's going to lose their hand in this battle? Which one of them? And I like that he didn't do that right wait for it next movie maybe next movie because so uh, would i be right in thinking like this is the only star wars movie where someone hasn't lost their hand like i think that's true <laughs> no i am your cousin <laughs> oh, no, my um let's talk about the family aspect very quickly uh yeah. do you think ray is luke's daughter yeah you think I mean not? that's the I think that's the obvious setup. Although there's a lot of explanation that needs to go on there. Why was she left behind? What's the complicated story there? Maybe maybe she's not. I I think I think that's what the movie kind of wants us to to feel is that this when she meets Luke, it's not just um it's not just the the great Jedi hope. 
meeting Luke Skywalker for the first time, but that they have a they have a connection. But you know, it's possible that she's that she's not. I I have a hard time with her family history being so mysterious. Um, that it isn't something other than oh yeah, well I had a family, but then they left. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, 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 feel I don't like- know. I mean, I totally understand all of that. I just I just personally just don't think that's the case. I just think there's more Jedi we don't know about. Like that that's how I look at it, and it's like it's setting up. This is like the start of the next thirty years because this is going to Star Wars is just a thing now, like like Marvel is. Yeah, I I think that um, but my gut feeling would be that she is, she is related and that she is Luke's daughter and that the story is going to be who was her mother and what 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 happened and why was she taken away and why was she hidden away on Jakku. And, uh, but we'll, we'll find out. That's one of the great loose, loose threads. Regardless, it, it, you know, we're going to see, uh, her trained by Luke in some way, which kind of excites me that I, I feel like the, you know, Empire Strikes Back. One of the things about it was that it was about Yoda training Luke. And I feel like, cause also Snoke's last line is, um, tell, tell, uh, um, uh, tell, uh, Ren that to Kylo Ren that he needs to return here to complete his training. We're setting up a second film where the dark and light Jedi are receiving their training, and it's just going to be a two-hour-long montage. Could be. Oh, Mike, can you imagine that? That would be so beautiful. <laughs> it's a training montage, the motion picture. Ah. <sighs> so, how do you feel about the fact that Star Wars is just here now? Is Star Wars going to become less special over time? Uh yes. I, I, it is going to become less special because it, of the familiarity with it. The superhero when when the Spider Man movie came out in two thousand and one, no two thousand two, I was so excited because Spider Man was my favorite superhero, and now you know these superhero movies are all around us, and I think it's great. I really like the Marvel movies. Uh, my family just watched Ant Man this weekend. I, I had already seen it, but they hadn't seen it, and and everybody liked it. It's a good movie. Um, but uh, it's not special, right? It's not special like it used to be, but it can still be great and 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 fun. And I, I think Star Wars has this potential to be like that. And I read a story over the weekend that, I, that was uh, poorly written in the sense that it said something about how Star Wars will now be like the Marvel movies where everything is kind of interlinked. It's like, no, that's actually not true. It is, it is a shared universe for for telling stories but what they're what they're not trying to do is have all the movies take place sync in sync with one another star wars has this rich history that the marvel movies you know they pushed everything into the present other than like you know ant-man basically has michael douglas was ant-man 20 years ago or something but mostly it's it's in the present star wars has this whole history so the next star wars movie which will be out in a year is one of these movies they're calling the anthology movies, which are set in other parts of the Star Wars universe. So that that's the movie about stealing the plans for the Death Star that leads into the original Star Wars film. And that's fun because they like the art direction can can be quoting the old Star Wars movies and stuff, which could be a lot of fun. Um, and then separately, they're doing what they're calling the saga movies, which are episode seven, eight, nine, and then who knows where they'll go after that. But that's telling a kind of a continuing, the the mainline continuing story. So it's going to be less special. But it's not going to be quite like the Marvel movies are, and I think that's good. I, I think that that's kind of a I like to see that restraint that they're they're um 
they've got a main storyline that will be in successive movies. They don't have the confusion of all the kind of crossover stuff happening. And they've got other stories that they want to tell that are they feel are good stories and good movies in their own right set in the Star Wars universe, which, quite frankly, what took them so long. It's such a great idea. This, um, I saw somebody talking about that, about Star Trek, too. And I think, I think it's worth asking about any of these things is, do you need a core set of characters that you tell stories about every year or two? Um, and that's all you do with, and that's your franchise. Or are you better off taking, if you've built a rich world, taking different views into it? And Star Wars is uh, is this rich world that people know kind of like, you know, because it's been in the culture for so long. So I would say the long, the short version of this long version is, I think it's less special, but there, but it could be way better because we have more of it. Because, it, it, you know, if you didn't like the prequels, it has been a long time since there's been good Star Wars in the movie theater. Yeah, we could end up in a better scenario. We probably will, because over time, the overall quality of Star Wars movies is going to increase, because I, there will be I more so. of them, right? So just by percentages. Because currently, you know, we've just passed the 50% <laughs> level. Of good yeah. Star Wars movies, there's now yeah. there's now slightly over half of the Star Wars movies that have ever been made are good, <laughs> right? We're now past that, which is yeah. great. But Turn over the time, there. there's going to be more. There's going to be some bad ones, but there's going to be a lot of good ones because they're going to have. It's going to continue for many years to have all of the best of the best want to work on this franchise, like the same that we have with Marvel, right? There are very few bad Marvel movies. Um, I mean, I don't think there are any bad ones. There are just varying levels of good, in my opinion, yeah, of, of what's I been agree. made. Um, and well, the, oh, the worst, right. maybe the Thor, Thor, two. Thor 2, it's not actually that bad. It's, it's just that the worst of all of those it's, movies. It's not It's not atrocious, like but it's not good. I don't like that movie. But it's okay. It's it's fine. It wasn't for me. So it's, um, I think that's what we're going to see with Star Wars. And I think, I think people, when they say it's going to be like Marvel, they get confused what they're trying to say. Like, we're not going to have a connected universe, but there is going to be a Star Wars universe where things yes. occur in. Like, that's what's going to happen. But they're not all happening at the same time, which is, as exactly. you said, is what we have with Marvel. But this is about to become a rich universe, which is why I assume is one of the reasons why that they decided to say that, like, the expanded universe is not canon. Exactly. Because now they now they have the ability to kind of paint their own universe, like to stitch their own tapestry. Disney is now and Lucasfilm is in the Star Wars business for real. Like this they there is a there is a machine that is up and running that is determining stories for Star Wars for on film and TV. Um and I think that's great. I, I, I think that's actually pretty awesome that they're, they, they are doing that. But you need to give them the latitude to decide, like, what are the story decisions that they want to make. And uh, I think it's great. I Yeah, I think uh, it, it will be... I love the fact that these uh, anthology movies don't have to... Uh, they can stand on their own and be their own thing and tell their own stories and be judged and uh, as good or bad movies without having it be connected to the overall Star Wars uh, ongoing story. I think that's really, uh, I think that's a good thing and that's a nice twist on what they're doing with Marvel. I think it's actually a, a lower degree of difficulty in some ways and with a chance of a better product because, you know, Marvel, it's a tough trick because they've compressed everything and it's all happening simultaneously and I think that's kind of hard. Um, in fact, I think Guardians of the Galaxy benefits from being so far out into space that they didn't have to worry about it. And uh, and you know Star Wars gets to do that 
gets to say, well, this this happened a long time ago. And not just in a galaxy far, far away, but like 20 years further back than that. And uh, that's that's. I think it'll be good. I'm excited by it. I, I'm actually curious if they are, since I mentioned TV shows, if they would consider doing something like that too. Yeah, probably. Do we, do we, uh, right? Because Marvel has done that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been successful enough. And uh, Agent Carter has been successful enough. And then the Netflix shows have been very successful. Yes, I forget about those. Of course, yes. Oh, they'll definitely do it. I mean, I'm sure Netflix is already like writing the huge checks. <laughs> yeah. Like, how big yeah, does this right. check need to be, Disney? Give us yep. Star Wars. Give we us a Star Wars one. TV show. Yep. Most likely. I mean, because again, the thing with the Marvel Universe is the Marvel Universe is written. And that's a, I think that's a problem for Disney is they can't really do anything that doesn't already exist, right? It's it's. I think it's going to be a long time, if ever, before we see a Marvel movie created where the person, like where the character, doesn't already exist in Marvel comics. But with Star Wars, Disney have an open book to write whoever they want because it is a world where they can create everything because. The, the the main story, the story people care about has already been told. So it's like the Rogue One, right? The Rogue One movie. Yeah. We don't know any of these characters. They've never existed to us before. No, exactly right. But they're but they're in that world and they're they're telling a, a story in that world. Exactly. Because the thing is, like the world of Marvel movies is America. Right? Like that's the world that you can't tell you can't create new things in that world. You exactly. just create new people. But right. with Star Wars, the character is actually the world, like the the, the place that they the, are in. That's the a galaxy, the galaxy, a galaxy of people and aliens and planets to explore and tell stories. In fact, I think that it's great that Rogue One is the first of these uh, non-saga yeah. Star Wars movies that's coming out. I'm more troubled by the fact that they seem to be creating a lot of like Boba Fett movie and young Han Solo movie and all that. And those might be good movies, I but it's fine. But I would like to see them not just be let's explore characters we already know. I would like yeah. I would like there to be some some like Rogue One that it's like in the Star Wars world and it's something we understand, but it's just a good story. I think though and, with with all the movies you know about, you're at like fifty fifty because like seven, eight, and nine is characters you don't know m- majorly. That's true. And then we've got Rogue One, which we don't know, and then there's going to be like. Boba Fett and Han, which and I think it's good for that though, because those characters we only know what we've seen. I think it might be nice to go back and see a little bit more about them, like especially Boba Fett. Like, what an incredible movie and even series of movies you could make about the things that guy does, right? Which are <laughs> completely out of everything, like to do with with what happens in the original trilogy. Like, just what does he do? Like, how does he go around the galaxy? collecting bounties like i'm i'm interested in seeing what those sort of movies look like as well as then after they're established just seeing like bob space you know that's just a name i've they, like, disney can take that name if they want yeah and just like you know person in that world who does things kind of like this like give me a jedi movie for a jedi i've never seen before mm. i just want to see what that looks like like a singular guy or girl trying to make it on their own in the world like they are a jedi or like they've been trained they are like a full-on jedi and they're just going out and doing jedi stuff like what were all of those jedis doing in the prequels when they all got murdered what film was that was that two or three where everyone got killed like opera like what, what, what uh, was it called? three what was the uh what did they it was call some it? number 
I don't even know. Operation something something. Don't make me think about it. Protocol something. Anyway. Whatever. What were they all doing? Like, I want to know what they were doing. Yeah. Although some of that, I think, is in um, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Have you seen Star Wars Rebels? No. It's good. It's a a computer animated uh, TV series that's um, set between episode three and episode four. Yep. It's very good. It's actually a lot of fun. Okay. It's got... It's a... and uh, one of the one of the Dan Morin in the chat room, Order sixty six. Thank you. One of the characters is a Jedi, and you're you're asking yourself like, well, how could there be a Jedi when they killed all the Jedi? And it's like he was an apprentice, and his master was killed, but he survived. And it's like they're it's not. I I actually think that there's more to mine there, but they do some of that in 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 Rebels. This idea that that they didn't get all the jedi there are still jedi out there what were they doing how did they survive what did they were they able to do some good while hiding their identity uh from the empire as the empire was ascendant sure there's a story there probably but but there is a little of that in kanan's story in uh in star wars rebels which is a good one i have one last question for you and we'll wrap this up do you know why the disney logo thing is not shown before this movie like i just got lucasfilm limited yeah, me too. Um, I think they decided that uh, it was that was like a branding decision. I think they maybe decided that the 20, 20th Century Fox fanfare thing was so iconic that replacing it with the Disney thing was uh, going to be weird. And and maybe like Lucas Lucasfilm and Star Wars is all you need after your thirty minutes of trailers. <laughs> yeah, so they're continuing to operate Lucasfilm as a wholly owned subsidiary. Yeah, like Pixar. Right. Um, and, and, uh, but I think, I feel like, uh, they, for, they made a decision. I think it's a great decision. They made the decision not to stick the, when you wish upon a star in front of it and just have it be sort of silent Lucasfilm and star Wars. And, you know, I think that was a great call. Um, we'll see, we'll see whether it continues in that way or if they, they will eventually stick the, the Disney. I was hoping John Williams would do a, uh, uh, Disney fanfare that was sort of in the style of the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, compose that and pop that on the beginning of it. But, uh, you know, I thought this was good. I, I was glad not to not to see the Disney logo there. We don't need to see it. It's the Lucasfilm and Star Wars. That's the branding. Yeah, it's weird. Like, um, I recently bought the Star Wars movies from iTunes. They don't have it in them. They don't have the Interesting. fanfare. Like, episodes four, five, and six. And that was really weird. Like, it was weird enough seeing it here, but it wasn't something, you know, it was fine. Like, it wasn't because I wasn't used to it. But seeing those now and there's no fanfare on them, it's like, oh, okay, that's strange. Yeah. But there we go. So that's The Force Awakens. Double thumbs up from me. I can't wait to see it again this week. Um, I'm very excited. I saw it in 2D, so I'm going to be seeing it in 3D IMAX just to see what that experience is like. There's a great shot where there's a a Star Destroyer kind of sticking out of the screen. That's That's the best thing that's in the movie in 3D. But that one is pretty funny. Yeah, your daughter kicking it. She kicked it, yeah. It's funny. I like that. May the force be with you, Mike Hurley. And with you. <laughs>